Hello, America, my favorite country. You are listening to the DMZ America podcast. I'm Ted Rall, and I'm coming to you from the left on Tuesday, May 3rd, 2022. And I'm here with my good friend. Scott Stantis coming to you from the right. Apparently, we have some sort of news coming from the Supreme Court of the United States or SCOTUS, if you're in the know. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, I've been trying to uh, give up SCOTUS play. Uh, you know. Doesn't it sound like <laughs> it really does sound like something like, yes, Ted, you've got you've got a little rash on the SCOTUS. It does. And, and apparently there is a rash on the SCOTUS. Um, I was going to say, you know, this news doesn't really come out of the Supreme Court. It comes sort of askance of the Supreme Court since it was a leak. Um, so, yes, obviously, um, if you are, we're just going to do the whole episode today about the leak uh, from the Supreme Court of a first, well, maybe not first draft, but of a draft opinion that appears to confirm, uh, I would say does confirm, that the uh, U.S. Supreme Court is posed, is poised to overturn, overturn Roe v. Wade entirely uh, within, uh, in, you know, within in the, in the next set of announcements. Uh, the This was a leak, and uh, I just want to say I think it probably was not a hack. It has to have come from within the court yeah. because yeah. You, can, if you look at the Scrib D, um, you'll notice that it's like a little bit askew. It's a little bit at an angle, uh, which indicates to me someone uh, photographed it with their iPhone um, and then uh, and then and spirited that out of the Supreme Court. They didn't have uh, access to the digital file and they didn't hack it. It's otherwise it would be perfectly flush at a ninety degree angle. Interesting. There's a uh, the, well, the Supreme Court this morning or late this morning uh, 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 confirmed that this was indeed. Uh, the, the, the original do- the document that it claims to be that was leaked. But however, John Roberts didn't want, you know, his feeling is he, he doesn't want to go as far as this document takes them. So, uh, you know, everyone just calm down, folks. It's just like, well, no. he's not saying, I mean, all he's saying is officially speaking, this is not, you know, this is not final. So therefore, we're not going to say that this is the official position of the Supreme Court because we haven't issued it, which is completely reasonable, right? I mean, yeah. Anybody who, you know, it's like uh, it's like it's kind of the equivalent of a galley proof of a book. Uh, there still can and will be some changes. But I mean, I think you'd have to be a fucking idiot to think that there's going to be anything other than the over overturning. I mean, the language yeah. of the decision could be uh, amended, watered, toned down. Uh, it's pretty fiery right now. Yeah, I was um, going to say, it's, if you read it, and I really urge anyone listening to this podcast to go and read the decision, because it's, if anybody, if any of you have actually read a Supreme Court decision, I think every American should be, have to read one. Uh, they're very, they're so shockingly accessible and very well written. And yeah. really easy well worth find. reading. It doesn't, it, they don't read like a contract. I mean, it's not, it's not indecipherable to the average person. You'll be, you'll get it. Um, yeah. And there, some of the writers, some of the uh, justices were actually really good writers. So it's really- I think that's still adult. true. I mean, this is Scalia's, um, not Scalia's, this no, is- uh, Alito. Uh, Alito. A, I always confuse okay. those two guys. And it's, I mean, it's pretty, but it's well-written. I mean, you know, it's not, it's not poetic, but it's- No. It's not lyrical, but so it's he very straightforward. About, it, but, it, it hits a lot of right-wing talking points on abortion. It does that, but it also talks about left and right have always talked. And you and I have talked about on this podcast how Roe v. Wade is bad law. It is bad law. And I mean, people listening to me now uh, are going to yell at me. But, you know, going back, I I reviewed my archives 
in preparation for our talk today, Scott. And, you know, I've been saying in writing and in cartoons and in essays for uh, the better part of 20 years that Roe v. Wade was a piece of shit, was going to inevitably be overturned by a conservative majority. And that uh, if Democrats had uh, really cared about abortion rights beyond just using it to fundraise uh, and fearmonger from their donors, uh, they would have they would have proposed and when they had the chance passed a federal law legalizing abortion and they could have done this by the way parenthetically uh, when Barack Obama for a, for I think it was about five months had a sixty vote supermajority in the U.S. Senate he didn't have any Joe Manchin types he could have pushed through a federal abortion rights law he chose not to he chose not to protect American women's abortion rights so. Democrats who say that they care about this shit, they don't care. And they could have done with what Republicans did when they uh, voted to repeal the Affordable Care Act. They could have gone on the record as supporting federal legalization of abortion. They, even if the Republicans denied them a supermajority, uh, you know, to achieve cloture in the Senate, they didn't do that. So, you know, now all the, you know, they're gonna, this is going to be the issue of this midterm campaign. But make no mistake, Democrats don't give two shits about abortion rights any more than the Republicans do. I don't think it becomes. Yeah, I don't think this becomes an issue. I mean, I, I mean, it becomes an issue in some. Wait, what? It doesn't become an issue in the campaign? Nope. No, sir. I, and okay, I, that is that is probably OK. Either you're the most prescient person in the world or that is the dumbest thing that you've ever said. What? No, they will try to run on it. It doesn't have that kind of traction. It just doesn't. And he, I mean, and I was talking to a friend who's, whose wife is extremely active in the way that people who are slightly older in the suburbs and have some wealth are active in that their attention span is that of a seven-year-old on a sugar rush. They'll care about this for a week. There'll be rallies. There are already people protesting at the Supreme Court. It'll get bigger. They're going to organize something on the mall. It'll attract uh, 750,000 to a million people. And then that'll be it. It'll be the same as the same. Ted, I'm telling you, it'll be the what, same. You think it'll be like the Women's March. It'll be like the Women's March. Remember that, folks? Remember when uh, Trump got elected and they were going to have one a month? Well, they did two months in a row. And eh, second one, not so many people showed up. So I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do it once a year. And then they did it two years in a row. And that, and then they went, eh, we really can't keep that momentum up. Uh, look at the Million Mom March against guns. I mean, they had children, little children blown away by guns. They had the Million Mom March. And they said, we're going to you know, do something on gun control. There are now more guns in America than there ever have been. So when the Democrats or when the left say, we're going to protest this and it's going to be a campaign issue, horseshit, because they don't do it and they don't have the attention span to get it done. That's the one problem they, and it's a massive problem. And that's why I say, I think by fall. I think, okay, so I'm going to say, I'm going to, I want to, I want to tease this out because you brought up stuff, a lot of stuff that I agree with, but some that I, I want to modify a little bit. Look, I, I think there, I have said this for years that if there is any issue that could bring about the first truly sustained set of protests and really raising hell in the streets, it's abortion and the repeal of Roe v. Wade. If there's any issue that can get the left out to raise hell, this is it. If there's no other issue that if this doesn't do it, no issue can. We haven't seen a single, there was never a single major protest, for example, against the US invasion of Afghanistan after the invasion of Iraq. 
the big protests disappeared. There were just a few sporadic tiny ones and that's it. My so, point exactly. And the only sustained protests we really have had since the 1970s, I would say, there were some sporad there, there were some anti-globalization marches, uh, you know, in the in the 90s and early aughts. Uh, and then, of course, Black Lives Matter was a sustained daily event, but that was a unique set of circumstances, uh, which was enabled by the pandemic. People were but home, if I may they weren't working, and they moment. had the ability to, they had nothing else going on, so they went out and protested. Yeah, Ted, let me interrupt for just a second on Black Lives Matter to my point. Where are the protests today? Well, that, that's uh, true. I'm but sorry, are black a, people that, that it worked? Are black people not being shot by cops? Oh, wait, they are. No, that didn't, it didn't work. It wasn't. It didn't wasn't sustained for long enough, but it was sustained for a while. Uh, and certainly, I mean, I think the left, you know, having been to some of these protests, uh, the left was, was really dispirited after the big protests you know, against the Iraq invasion failed to have any effect whatsoever. Um, and, you know, the protests are kind of stupid. They don't really work, um, but they don't they're not sustained. This summer will make or break it. I mean, look, what we we're, we're, we're going to have is a class divide here, Scott. In Alabama, where you live, um, you know, poor people who could scrape up the four hundred dollars for an abortion, assuming they could find a, a clinic that's open, uh, you know, they're not going to be able to afford the two thousand dollars to go to a blue state and stay in a hotel overnight for a night or two and, and get the procedure. Uh, people where I live are st not, will not notice any difference at all uh yeah. they're they're going if in fact actually there'll probably be more abortion clinics now because uh they're going to expand in order to serve the uh people who come here for abortion tourism um God. so that's going to be you know sort of like uh the way americans go to to canada for in mexico for medical care so it's i, I think there's going to be a, i think it's true that basically the people the victims here are red state working class and poor women who can't travel out of state to get uh, to a blue state to get a, the procedure done. And really they don't have any political power and no one really cares about them. And that includes the people here uh, in Manhattan where I live, um, they don't care. So uh, I think there will be some, it'll probably go the way you said, there'll be some giant protests. I think it'll probably be a little bigger and a little more sustained than you're predicting. But it's true that, I mean, people are already getting sick of Ukraine and uh, they're going to be, they're already getting bored with Ukraine. Uh, so now they're going to be with a with little, uh, you know, brain of American, very small. Um, they're going to go to, uh, they're going to go down to uh, uh, November. And I don't, I think it's going to, it's going to hurt Republicans, but Republicans have such a massive lead in the polls in the for the midterms that it will not make a difference they will still lose the house and the senate i checked the vegas odds yesterday uh, in researching uh, my column God, for this what week. are they so 90 percent chance as of yesterday that the republicans take back the house 76 percent chance that they take back the senate interesting that those numbers are, i would have expected the reverse but that's how they're putting it yeah and by the way it's good just to go back backtrack a little bit on the passing along and having this uh, Bernie uh, Senator Bernie Sanders from Vermont has suggested this morning that they need to crank this out and get a, you know, a national abortion law on the books. And while they don't have a supermajority, they should also get rid of the filibuster, which by the way, they're going to be the minority party in a few months. Why would you get rid of the filibuster? <laughs> it makes no fucking sense. Yeah. Well, 
A, it's not going to happen. B, it's it's political suicide. What the fuck is he talking about? Um, I love Bernie, but yeah, this is this is some bullshit. Not to mention, I hate to say it, Bernie. It's like I, I was thinking when I read his tweet, I was like, you know, if only there was a job where you could have the power to introduce legislation. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, what would that job be? I mean, what if you'd had that job for a long time and you were had seniority in this job and some key committee chairmanships even? Let's just say, what would that yeah. job be, Bernie? I mean, nothing ever stopped Bernie from proposing a federal law legalizing abortion, you know, the same that like Ireland has. And, and let's just say, uh, you know, Chuck Schumer didn't want to put it up for a vote, so be it. Or let's just say it goes down to defeat to the Republicans, so be it. But he didn't try. They don't try. That's the Democrat thing. They don't try. Let me uh, jump in here, too, because I wanted to ask you a question, but I want to establish where I stand on this issue. I've been pro-life for a good number of years, and uh, it's been easy because it's always been in, in the abstract. Now it's not. And I'm really, I got to admit to you, Ted, I'm torn. And I hate to be, you know, a, a wuss on yet another issue, but on this <laughs> one, because I do, I tend to see both sides. I try to feel both sides. And this, this plays into my two weird uh, wheelhouses in that I do, I'm a practicing Catholic and believe in the teachings of the church, but by turns, I'm also a very, a very strong libertarian feeling uh, uh, sentiments. And so throwing this to a state, I, I, I don't know that the state has the right to tell you what to do. I mean, it can give itself that right, but I'm saying that for all of these conservatives who say, well, the state does, can't tell me what to do with my gun, can't tell me what to do with my dog or my car, whatever the hell you're talking about. And yet you can tell someone not to have an abortion. I mean, it just tell, it, I'm, I'm deeply conflicted. I think that getting rid of Roe v. Wade is going to create this patchwork, which I don't care. I mean, that's- It will, it absolutely want. will create a patchwork. Yeah, and they're talking about probably as many as 25 states outlying abortion. So 50, almost half although, the states. Although, although probably the less populous ones. Well, um, the coastal, well, yeah. more populous states will are liberal. Well, Texas is not. Texas, Texas and Florida are going to go that way. That's if true. They, if they haven't already. But you're also going to have, clearly, obviously, the deep south is going to do that. Um, It'll be interesting to see what happens in states like Ohio and Kentucky. Well, let me ask you, I mean, okay, if I was president of the United States, I would say that, you know, what, what 75% of Americans want. And I know this flies in the face of what I just said about myself as a, as a Catholic. However, this is a representative democracy. So 75% of people would agree with unfettered access to the first trimester constraints as um, medical science catches up and changes the dynamic in the second tri trimester and then an outright, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, ban on third on third uh, trimester abortions except for life of the mother. Yeah, that, that is 100% correct. That, that, is, that is where the people are. So, but we're, I mean, so that's where I, I'm, I could, I could stomach that. We're, we're on the subject of abortion, which we've never talked much about in terms of just specifically abortion. How, what, where do you stand, Ted? I don't, I'm not even sure. Well, I, so I believe because it's, I believe in science that abortion is the murder of an unborn child. Um, I think life begins at conception. I think as soon as you have cellular division, you have a, um, a, 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 a little tiny, little mini human being. I do believe that because um, I've studied biology. There's no question about it. I think um, women need to have the legal right to murder their unborn children. They need it. It's not anything to take joy in or uh, to, to giggle about or to diminish by 
saying, hey, this is just a blob of protoplasm. It's not viable. If it's not viable, then it's not really alive. You know, hey, if it's not viable, if we go by the viability, you know, uh, most Americans aren't viable until they're like 30. So <laughs> that's not going to, that doesn't mean anything to me. Um, but, you know, as far as like, you know, hey, two old white guys talking about this, I'm just going to say, uh, I think uh, women have to have that right. Because I think about people like, my 17-year-old high school classmate who got knocked up or my 15-year-old high school classmate who got knocked up and they weren't going to be able to get abortions because they were hard to get in the 1970s where I was growing, where I grew up in Ohio. Um, and it fucked up their lives. And, um, you know, you could say, well, they should have been more careful with birth control, blah, blah, blah. True. But the point is, uh, you know, people are going to fuck, people are going to get pregnant, uh, people are going to be too poor to be able to afford their kids. They're going to have People are going to have affairs and cheat on their spouses and then have to deal with that. People are going to be raped and be the product of, and be the victims of incest. Um, they need all of these people. But even because it's impossible to tease out who's deserving and who's undeserving, uh, I can think of an, I had a friend who I think kind of had an undeserving abortion. She was married to a rich guy. They were planning to have kids anyway. They did have kids anyway. Literally, her abortion conflicted with a, a, a scheduled cruise. I mean, a schedule, her pregnancy conflicted with a scheduled cruise. I thought, they decided to uh, abort and then, you know, have the have another kid at a more convenient time, not deserving abortion. Right. But the point is, you nevertheless have to allow for those kinds of excesses and abuses, because to do there's no place that you can draw the line. Either you have abortion rights or you don't have abortion rights. And we can't get into arguing about who deserves it more. It's like it's like welfare. Some people are going to cheat. And I'd rather yeah. live under a system that have some people who cheat and then to have a system where deserving people can't get welfare or abortions. So um, it's a it's a very unfortunate, horrible murder of an unborn child that women 100 percent, they need that right. That's that's my take. OK, well, I mean, yeah, I can see that. And I, that's the point is I can see the point. I can see that. I do believe that life is sacred. I do believe that we should get to the point where killing our own people is kind of like, a you know, something we don't do. Um, what's curious to me, peripheral issue is uh, people who are so adamantly anti-abortion and yet so pro-death penalty. Makes no sense to me at all. I mean, you're that's either- total conflict. Yeah, you either believe in the sanctity of human life or you do not. And my faith tells me that you should. So would I have a, but would I have a ban on abortion? And I would not if I was, you know, King Scott the first. <laughs> <laughs> I just wouldn't. And um, because I believe that the people have a right to make these decisions. Now let's go back. Now let's roll it over to taking this and throwing it back to the states, which the decision, which the Alito decision. Uh, the, the first draft says, you know, uh, right off the bat, we have to throw this back that Roe v. Wade was bad law and that we're going to throw this and make let the states handle this decision. The, the, the founding fathers truly believed in the states as the laboratories for democracy, that each state had a right to address every issue in its own way. And by way of it's how its elected officials saw fit to represent their constituents, but only on some issues, not all issues. Most of them. Well, the Tenth Amendment says that most of it should have been ninety percent of the issues. It's well, not I mean, like, for example, the state doesn't. I mean, the states don't decide whether we, uh, you know, send military aid to Ukraine, for example. No, that would be nice, though. Well, I'd like to be able to say no. 
<laughs> it should there should be i mean the, yeah the, anyway go ahead I, I didn't mean to interrupt there well and that was it so now i think let's uh, let's let's uh talk about the midterms a little bit more i you know you and i disagree on this i think it's going to be an issue it's going to be a fundraising blip for the democrats they're gonna make a fuck ton of money and then come august everyone's going to forget it uh, well i don't know that we disagree i mean i guess what i was trying to argue with is I think, look, this is right now, Democrats in Washington are celebrating. They're like, celebrate, good time, come on. They, they, they literally did not think they stood a chance this fall. Now they can they think they can staunch some of the bleeding. This is, look, this is not good news for the Republican Party. Um, the As you pointed out, abortion is pretty much popular uh, in this country. And that includes with many Republican voters, certainly with some swing voters. So it's going to hurt Republicans, I think, not as much as Democrats would like yes. and not enough to make a difference, um, I think. But I think are the Democrats. Look, Scott, the Democrats haven't been campaigning on anything heretofore. Right. So there's this gives them something to campaign on. They're still not Trump. Right. So like I said, they're not campaigning. <laughs> I mean, the they GOP, haven't even been able they haven't even been able to talk about the good things they're doing, like low unemployment, higher wages. They, they're so idiotic. They're so fucking stupid. They can't even brag about the good things. Right. Uh, or pulling out of Afghanistan. Terrible execution, but good final result. Um, as far as uh, American lives being lost and all that, they can't even brag about that. Well, so. So the point is they haven't had a campaign. They're literally still trying to figure out their message. This gives them a grand, something Democrats never have. They can nationalize the, the midterm elections. Now, this I know what they're worried about. They're like, well, we don't want to do that because in the South, they're pro-life. They're not going to win down here anyway. Well, they're worried about like, they're worried about states like West, like Virginia, uh, Ohio, Kentucky, Michigan, they're worried about flyover country, like northern flyover country. Um, so I think they're, they know it's like, in other words, it's like the whole country isn't into abortion. I don't know, they're going to campaign on this. This is, this is about, they think this will bring young people and women out to vote for them. That's what this well, is. Young about. people don't fucking vote. So that's a pipe dream, especially in a fucking midterm. It's just not that's going true. to happen. That's, and yeah, I'm going to disagree with you, Theodore, on the um, GOP. Uh, this, this has hurt the GOP. It does not. And I'll tell you why. Um, the people who oppose abortion are adamant. They're passionate. Oh, that's and, true. And they vote, and they're going to and they're going to send. You're they're going to be excited. They're going to be increasing yeah. their donations. You're right about yes. that. Yes. And so this, is the, this is the republic. This is the republic. This like think it right now. If you're Donald Trump, you're able to when you run for re-election in the Republican yes. primary, you can say, "Look at what I did. I fucking put in three uh, right-wing Supreme Court justices who uh, delivered and." overturned Roe v. Wade. By the way, just parenthetically, Scott, I was wondering ethically, what do you think about the fact that uh, all three of Trump's, uh, of you know, Gorsuch and uh, Bailey, uh, Bailey Ford and uh, uh, who am I forgetting? Um, oh, Kavanaugh. They're all lying sacks of shit. They all went and, and they, they, they took an oath and they swore to the United States Senate that, 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 that Roe v. Wade was settled law in their minds. Yeah. And wow. So but they were obviously conspiring behind the scenes. Well, yeah, I think, well, or at least in their own minds. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, the hearings for Supreme Court justices are, are nuts. I mean, they're just, especially the public hearings, they're just crazy. They really are. It's like, yeah, 
I will not decide this until it comes before the course. Horseshit, you've made a decision. You know where you stand on this. It's a big, the legal issue of your age and you haven't thought about we it. Should, we should talk a little bit about Roe v. Wade itself, right? Like there are people who are listening to us. Like, what do you mean it's shitty law? I mean, I, yeah, I, mean, go ahead. I mean, well, I think, so the reason I think it's shitty law is because it requires a lot of, a lot of leaps of logic. First, um, the 1973 court uh, decided to, um, they, they said there exists in the constitution something called a right to privacy, which there, there doesn't. Yeah. And, and then um, given the fact that there's a right to privacy, it follows that a woman would have uh, privacy rights and therefore control over her own body. And therefore that means abortion should be legal up to viability, which again, makes no sense. Like why is viability this arbitrary um, metric, like, you know, either it was, it would seem like you should be able to either abort or not abort. I mean, you know, even if the kid, the, the fetus is eight and a half months old. Um, but anyway, that's, so the whole point is this, it's all hinging on the, this sort of ridiculous sets of assumptions, a series of assumptions that are not really valid. Right. And I, and coming from the right, I approach it the same way. It was, uh, uh, you know, is, uh, is predicated on the idea of an inherent right to privacy in the Constitution, which simply is not there. I mean, it's made out of whole cloth. Um, and so to, 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 to peg this Roe v. Wade and a major decision to peg this to a, a, a non-existent right guaranteed <laughs> in the constitution is preposterous it's you it's, have to laugh it's so fucking ridiculous yeah so and it's, like here we and here we've had like people you know basically this like no other country you can look this up no other country in the world has abortion rights or probably anything uh hind, important hinging on a flimsy legal decision like this you know yeah. i mean look i mean overturning is frankly it's it was a bad decision it should have never but i mean so I'm sorry, this won't happen. But Obama has some answering to do to the to the liberal to the progressive base of the, of oh, the no, Democratic he's being, Party. He's being not just lionized but canonized now by the by the Democratic Party. And you're thinking this is a guy, uh, with the exception of the Affordable Care Act, really was a pretty me mediocre president. And did oh, not he was horrible. Care. And pe by the way, people can say, oh, he was only there for four months. That wasn't enough time. Bullshit. Aid to Ukraine was a matter of a couple of hours of debate, and uh, the USA Patriot Act was one day of debate, you know, so they could have, they could have, the Democrats could have rammed it through. They could have yeah. done it literally in a day. Fuck you. We're passing it. It's long overdue. We're taking care of business. They didn't want to. You could have had, yeah, the FDR 100 days thing, right? You could have had uh, sing, and I'm not saying I would have supported it. The cartoonists like myself would have railed against it, but they yes. could have, but they could have had single payer, which by the way, two and a half years later, people would have loved. True. Um, single payer, uh, for for healthcare, you could have, like you said, had an abortion law, national abortion laws. You could have had the all of the Democratic sweet spots the first two years of the by of the, by, uh, the um, Obama administration, and he didn't do it. So, Scott, I have to tell you, we we have to have a little interruption for uh, corporate bullshit. So we're doing this by Zoom, and I'm getting this message saying that this meeting will end in a minute unless we upgrade to, uh, I don't know what we have to do, super platinum military service. I don't know what, but anyway, the point is, I think what we should do is uh, take a little break here and come back and, and wrap and, uh, you know, continue the discussion. Okay, Otherwise cool. we might, I don't know what horrible things could happen to the, this recording. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to,
do that. Okay, so we'll be right back. So that little interruption was uh, brought to you by Zoom, the company that sends you error messages for going over the time limit for groups of three when you're a group of two. <laughs> but our intellect is so massive, it seems like more. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Talent unloaded from God, as someone used to say. <laughs> or somewhere else. A factory out of Micronesia, maybe. Uh, yeah, something like that. Or, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, anyway, where were we uh, before this annoying? We're talking about midterms no, and about the right. Oh, yeah. yeah so, it's... all right. So, yeah. I mean, I guess the thing is, I think, look, Democrat, can we agree that Democrats are going to? They're going to push hard on abortion. This is going to yes. be the issue. Yes. We're not going to hear about really anything else for the next six months. Right. And the Demo and the Republicans are going to respond, oh, okay, you can vote for the party that wants to kill babies. Right. Well, that's true. And uh, yeah, it, it is it is tricky for Democrats because they want to energize their base, but without turning off, but without energizing the Republicans' base too. Republican base is going to be energized. They just are. And this is going to be a fundraising bonanza for the GOP. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. I mean, I've talked about this before. The uh, party platform from the Republican Party from 1976, Jerry Ford was the nominee. Uh, Bob Dole was the vice presidential nominee. And the platform talks, I mean, this is the Republican platform, pro-ERA passage. Yeah. Pro-abortion right to- You can't even get a Democrat to talk about the Equal Rights Amendment now. Well, it's an interest. That's an interest. That's another podcast altogether, but it's fascinating. Can it is fascinating. The United States is probably the only uh, modern industrialized country that doesn't have, uh, you know, equal, gender equality enshrined in its constitution. Yeah. Who needs it? we got the 14th <laughs> Amendment. We don't need anything else. Yeah. Uh, well, that, as long as that lasts, <laughs> can always <laughs> repeal them. Apparently. Um, so as far as as far as the midterms go, yeah, it's going to be an issue, but I just don't, I mean, I'm going to stick to my initial thing at the beginning, which is I don't know that it's going to be as big an issue as people think. Yes, 75% of Americans agree with. Well, it'll be a big, can we just say it will be a big issue. Yeah, it but won't we'll, be a big game changer is what we're really saying. No, you're saying it. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. What, what, okay. Okay. Well, I do like to speak for you, Scott. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, we agree on stuff. It's what's weird about you and I is we tend to come to often the same conclusion from very different directions. It's that's really true. Interesting. It's interesting, but in this instance, right. so you're going to say it's you. You're saying it's not going to be like all we hear about for the next six months. Um, is it going to be all, all from the Democrats? Yes, it's a it's the one unified and from the Republicans. Republicans are, are don't going to. Well, Republicans to. are agitated about other stuff, inflation. Yes, uh, the, the they're going to. You're going to hear. You're going to continue. Border crisis. Yeah, the, which is not a crisis, but let's call it a crisis. Uh, you're going to talk about the flubbed uh, withdrawal from Afghanistan. You think they're still going to talk about that? Because I watch a lot of Fox, and they don't talk about Afghanistan anymore. In the um, in the Twitter sphere, in the um, you know the Instagramosphere, or whatever the hell they call it, um, yeah, it's it's still an issue. It's still like this is how incompetent this administration is. I mean, look at. I mean, Joe Biden says we must now have a national. Oh, they're going to talk. They're going to still talk about critical race theory and that kind of shit too. Educational issues. Yeah, it's it's well, and they have a right to. I mean, they should. I mean, that's crazy. Well, they have every right to talk about whatever the fuck they want, right? Well, I mean, of course. Well, for now, let's not yeah. go nuts. <laughs> Apparently, you know, there are limits. 
As 60% of almost 60% of Americans think that we have too much free speech. 60%, Ted, 60 fucking percent. Well, they probably think that uh, the other side has too much free speech. Usually. Well, of course. Yeah. Of course. That's, I mean, nobody in this country sees both sides of that issue. I mean, they can't see that if we're going to stop, you know, curtail free speech, that could re- that could actually extend to me. If yeah. It's like, it's like Bernie and the, and the yeah. filibuster. Oh my the, God. The filibuster is there for whoever happens to be in the minority. And if only we had 230 years of history to look back upon, both parties, <laughs> well, there were previous different parties early on. Um, but, you know, I mean, there's always a strong chance your party will find itself in the minority. And you may, and you may want to avail yourself of this particular, in case of emergency, please break glass. Yeah, I mean, you you can change it. You can pre- put restrictions on it. You can make it like the Mr. Smith goes to Washington form of filibuster, where you have to talk and you can't. Leave I'm, I'm in favor of that. Yeah, I do too, just because it's entertaining. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> it I mean, is. look, there's nothing else on C-SPAN. Yeah, this is true. You, Ted, I got okay. Side issue, super fast C-SPAN. I was on a panel discussion, and I've been on national TV. I've had my work on, as you have on you know abc morning shows and the the uh, nightline and all those things and the number one thing i've ever had reaction to was when i appeared on c-span you and me both i've been on uh, c-span book tv and uh i've done particularly i don't know why but there's a bookstore in seattle where uh, i've done a number of signings and they must have some kind of sweetheart deal with uh, book tv every time my, my shit's on book tv people are like Dude, I saw you on book TV, and I'm like, you're the one who watches that. No, I think it. I think it comes down to this, and then we'll actually talk about real issues. Uh, people are friends, are many of whom have insomnia or night night owls, and they're just flipping through the channels, and they have cable, and boom, boom, right. boom, 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 and they're oh, like, shit. oh, oh shit, it's Scott Standis. Yeah, look, oh my god, it's Ted. Wait, is, he, is he in prison? Oh no, no, <laughs> oh, sadly he's wearing, not. He's wearing the dreaded bow tie. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, as long as there's no suspenders going with the bow tie <laughs> it was fascinating it was fa- anyway getting back to um to what we're talking about here on on uh, roe v wade being overturned um we can go back now let's move forward let's look at protests we were going to say yeah. one last segment about talking about protests i think there's going to be a big as do you there's going to be one massive protest and it's going to be the same bullshit that happens every major protest over the last two, 10 to 20 years it's a big blah and then I'm going to modify that. I think, first of all, there's a difference with this issue. Uh, there are groups that, ex- that there are lots of groups that have been uh, representing the pro-choice side, like NARAL, for example, uh, and, uh, and NOW, and all these other organizations, the National Organization for Women, that, um, that are, uh, that, you know, they, they've, they've set up an infrastructure uh, it benefits them for fundraising purposes. Uh, this is their moment, right? Right now, like Planned Parenthood, they're all scrambling, you know, they're scrambling the jets. So I think they're going to be able to get a bunch of protests going. But I do think that, uh, you know, turnout will be highest at the first one or two, and then it's going to drop off precipitously. Um, I mean, that the thing is, the last time we had, you know, in the 60s and early 70s, we had a sustained left-wing uh, protest move, uh, movement, mainly centered around opposition to the, inv- to the occupation and invasion of, Af- of uh, Vietnam, but also there were a lot of other issues. But 
they were sustained. I mean, I remember growing up in Dayton that I would, my mom and I would drive by on a Tuesday at eight o'clock in the morning. And there would be, in, there would be six sad protesters in, like huddled under umbrellas in the wet snow under the sleet in the middle of Far Hills Avenue. And that was like every day, you couldn't get away anywhere in this country for years, day after day, everywhere. There were like people, agitating against the war in Vietnam. Um, and it was everywhere, like even in ways that you don't even think of as a protest, you go to the post office and there with the wanted posters uh, for you know desperados, there were also posters of like 18 year olds who had gone to Canada, like your neighbors who you knew and had like graduated from high school and then split. Um, you know, that, that just was everywhere. That shit, we have not seen anything like that. And I do think it helped bring an end to the to the war. It 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 helped. It well, wasn't it the only factor. Turned, it definitely turned the majority of Americans against the war. But there's other examples. The um, the union movement in the United States. Hmm. People forget this started in the early part of the 19th century. They just didn't give up, and they went and they went and they fought and they fought and they fought and they, and they died shit, in the streets. Yeah. yeah. And they'd have the thugs beat them to death. Um, women's suffrage. Another one. I mean, yeah. women approached Abraham Lincoln folks in the 18, mid 1800s, well, 1860s to have women's right to vote. And they pushed and they pushed. And they didn't get it until 1920. So do yeah. the math. That's 60 years of protest. This it is was like slow state by state A abolitionism. Same thing went on for decades. Yeah. So so. You know, my, my, my point is that this takes time. And if you want to codify this on a national basis, you're going to have to do it. My same is hold true for, for, like I said, for the protests for gun rights or, or, or gun, gun laws and how, you know, it lasted. You had the Million Mom March. That was nice. You know, that was cute. That was quaint. Yeah, it was cute. <laughs> Nothing happened because they didn't push. They didn't use that political uh, well, muscle. there was no, but there was no organization, right? I mean, the thing is, like with the with the women's march, it was a coalition of organizations. And if you think about it, what was the political message of that? Like, uh, vaguely, Trump sucks. We're sad Trump got elected. Uh, Trump's mean to women. That's about it. It didn't have uh, a unified message. I mean, this time there's a unified message. We want a, we want legal uh, abortion. Right. That's it. Uh, and there's like I said, there are organizations who can make these protests, who can you know, they have mailing lists. They can they can agitate, they can organize and it's in their interest. It's different. I mean, you know, as a left as a lefty, uh, you know, the one thing I've noticed throughout my entire life has been a lack of organization. We have no socialist party. We have no communist party. Um, we have no. There's no organized left the way there is in other countries. This has an infrastructure. So it, it, I think it's going to go. It's That's not going to be just a little spasm like the, uh, like the Women's March. But I, but I take your point that Americans have a short attention span. And you know, they're not going to want to be like beaten up by cops and uh, tased and, and pepper, pepper sprayed and all that shit. Um, you know, it's like are women and their allies really willing to go to the mat for this and and like miss a lot of uh, must-see TV. I don't know. And backtracking a little bit to the po politics of the midterms. Um, yes, 75% of Americans agreed with what we mentioned earlier in the podcast, which was, you know, unfettered access to um, first trimester abortions. I'm not sure. And I know that those numbers are soft. 
that they, they once they're soft. challenged, once they're challenged, are you going to go to the polls with that being the number one issue? And it, it's just not going to happen. There will be areas where people are anti-abortion and people who want, who agree with this decision and agree with the decisions of Alabama, Georgia, Florida, whatever. Um, but the people who are pro choice are not going to be so motivated and their numbers aren't going to be nearly as overwhelming as the ones who like this decision. So, so if I were, I mean, Scott, I want to ask you this question. If you were like, so I think like, what would, what do you think about this? I mean, I think if I were in charge of uh, messaging for the democratic party, I would, this is how I would categorize it. The Republican war on women. Oh yeah. They've been, they, they hate women. They want to grab them by the pussy. Uh, We had a rapist president. Uh, now uh, they we've are had a couple, <laughs> quite a few, really. Right. Um, it's like we've had a rapist president. He, the rapist president wants to come back. Uh, you know, these are the people who some of them got me to the Republicans hate the ladies. And uh, now they want to take away and they conspired to put in a bunch of ideologues who lied to the con- to the Senate about their stance on abortion. And now they're taking away abortion rights, which every woman or their daughter needs. That's how I would do it. The war, yeah. on, the Republican war on women. Yeah. No, I think that's, uh, you and I, and we talk about this stuff and people think that, oh, well, Stannis can't be a conservative. I, no, I love politics and good politics, yeah. smart politics. Yes. You have to make it, boil it down to a very concise idea. This is, and you can say, this is just the beginning of the war on yeah, women. Yeah, 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 yeah. This makes all the Handmaid's Tale shit look real. Yeah. Uh, so Scott, like on the other side, on like on the pro-life Republican side, what do you think their their message or counter message? It's never good to have a counter message. What do you think their message should be? Other messages. See, we did it. We did it for you. We're going to protect. We delivered. We're going to yeah. We delivered. We're going to protect the babies. Um, and and the thing is, in states like uh, Alabama, like Mississippi, uh, like Texas, they're going to family values. We, 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 we venerate life, but it's going to get even more draconian, 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 draconian. Thank you. That too. Uh, (laughs) it's okay. Yes. It's going to be uh, draconian and it's going to be, they're already proposing things like banning the morning after pill, which even the Catholic church is going yeah, that's probably okay. (laughs) You know, Uh, for obvious reasons. Uh, But you're going to start seeing, you talk about slippery slope, you're going to see more of them try to outdo each other in protecting the babies, which will have nothing to do with protecting the babies, but they're going to protect the babies. And that's where the Republicans are going to say, you know, this is just the beginning, folks. And they, you know, they may embrace that and say, listen, this is, we're going to protect. Is it it Texas where the law now says that if you drive someone you give someone a, like the, if someone takes Uber to uh, to the abortion clinic, that the Uber driver can be prosecuted. I think it's um, I don't sure that they pass. It's a criminal it. conspiracy, or at least they proposed it, right? Right, and they're proposing ones that if you go that criminalizing going to another state. Let's say you want to fly, you have the money, you have the do re right. money to fly to California from Austin, and you get yourself you have an abortion weekend, and you come home. Um, you know that to criminalize that that I, I believe. By the way, is that is completely a violation of states' rights, right? Oh well, d- it's there's... completely unconstitutional. It's like yes. it's like saying that is equivalent to saying that if you went to uh, L.A. and then you you bought legalized cannabis and you got high there and then you went back to Austin, that like Texas could prosecute you for being for having gotten wasted in California. That's bullshit. 
Well, if you do something that's legal in another state, it's legal in that state, period, the end. Yeah, but I've also talked to friends who get drug tested. They're in positions where they need to be. I think it's it's probably a smart thing. And I asked them, if you went, like I said, you take a trip to Las Vegas where weed is legal, recreational weed, and you did a gummy bear. And um, then you came back and you tested positive for weed. Can you still lose your job? And all of them to a person said, yes, you can. Yeah, but that's completely different. That's not that's not the state of uh, the state that they live in, in, say, Alabama. That's not the state, um, you know, accusing them of breaking a law. That is an employer saying that they're violating the terms of their employment. My argument against that would be that they participated in legal activity. So you have no right to fire someone for doing something. Yeah, you can. Here, I'll I'll, I'll solve that problem. Because look, uh, if a truck truck driver has a blood alcohol level of 0.3, he engaged in a legal activity to Mm. excess and, and, and he broke and he did something that his employer should certainly be able to dismiss him over. I mean, that's okay, but there are legal limits. We don't have those yet on weed. I mean, hell, I mean, at that that rate, I mean, pilots are required to take certain breaks. Uh, They're only allowed to have, I think, I I don't remember how many hours they have to have between flights. Okay, so not sleeping is a very legal activity. However, you can be dismissed for not sleeping or not resting, right? Okay, no, I mean, I get that, but I'm just saying that they participate. Not coming into work on time is a legal activity. However, you can be fired for it. Well, okay. Okay. I mean, I, I just, I, it seems to me that you're penalizing someone for participating in a legal activity someplace else. And then they come back to you. I mean, if they had a job, a friend of mine is a nurse in the Northwest and he, you know, didn't do weed for a long time and he liked it a lot. <laughs> and so when they legalized it in the state, they, he, he started smoking again. They couldn't test him for it. Well, I think, look, I think it's ridiculous. I don't think it's a, uh, I don't think it's in a, uh, you know, a reasonable term of employment at all. I mean, you know, it's like if you, if you go to California, you smoke weed today and then three days from now you test positive uh, at your job as an airline pilot um, you know, in, in, you know, who cares? You're not still high. It doesn't matter. You test positive, but you're not high. All it's, it's like, uh, you know, you might test positive for having, uh, you know, consumed alcohol if there was a test that would show that. But if you're not still drunk, if you're still not legally drunk, then why is anybody bugging you? Yeah, well, I agree. So, um, so, okay, well, we disagree on a lot of the stuff. That's, that's yeah. probably the most disagreeable we've ever been. This is as disagreeable as we ever get. We got- yeah, this is just, yeah, this is, this is, this is peak anger. <laughs> <laughs> Stantis versus Raw. Smackdown. <laughs> Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. <laughs> well, Scott, with that, uh, we should probably end on a negative. Uh, no, and um, <laughs> end on a down. Um, so uh, yeah, so was, uh, this this was fun. Uh, I'm sure okay. we're going to be talking a lot more about this topic uh, in the yes, near indeed. future. So um, and then and many other exciting topics. So Scott, where can everybody find your uh, creations? Uh, go to gocomics.com slash Scott Stantis, one word, or go to gocomics.com slash Prickly City and see my comic strip, a political comic strip, by the way. Or you can go to chicagotribune.com slash opinion and see a gallery of the work I do for them. Uh, you can also subscribe to Counterpoint, which is a subscription-based newsletter with some of the best cartoonists in the country, including my hero, 
Ted Rawl. Ted, where can we see your stuff? You can go to sputniknews.com. Uh, yes, it's Russian state media, and it's still available. Uh, you can also go to uh, rawl.com, whowhatwhy.org, and please check out my most recent book, The Stringer, uh, with uh, written by me, drawn by Pablo Calejo, uh, about the uh, it's a satire of a reporter gone very badly wrong. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. We will be back next week or earlier if uh, the world falls apart again. And uh, <laughs> Scott, as always, it's a, it's a pleasure to disagree with you. Take care, man. Bye. Bye.